Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Hello, thank you for joining us. I hope everything's been okay the last couple weeks uh, because everyone's uh, freaking out and had to spend time with family. Across from me, as always, speaking of family, oh, look what I did. It's Cyrus Amundsen. I'm freaking out, and I love to spend time with my family, Chad. Hello. So, yeah, hi. I mean, I just want to get right to it. I'm more the person that causes the freak out. It's either me, my dad, or my sister Janine who can ruin an entire holiday event. So I'm more of the, like, everybody's freaking oh, yeah. out because they're spending time with me. Oh, well, here's, here's my thing is um, people, so I will assume it's other people mm-hmm. while it's happening. And then three weeks later, everyone will go, no, no, no. That was because you made it that way, because <laughs> because your brain can't handle two people talking at once. So here's what I'd like to do. I save this. Okay. And so I could calm down. Mm-hmm. And so because I didn't want to bring Christmas talk to the listeners so close to after Christmas because I didn't want any to set off any PTSD. Sure. That makes sense. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk about just quickly, if we could, Christmas traditions or just traditions in general and why people getting closer to death think they're so fucking important. And can I say before you start that I appreciate when you are really ready to go and you have something on your chest early in the show because it distracts you from our normal pattern of early show criticisms because today I accidentally left the like in the Zoom room where I can see your picture. And normally I have it just on you. So I'm just watching you. For some Mm -hmm. reason it's set up so I see both of us. And I just caught a glimpse of myself putting on chapstick. And I look like a sex criminal. I, 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 it it was hard for me to see myself slowly apply chapstick while intently looking at a screen. And uh, I'm happy that you're focused and ready to go and we don't have to spend a lot of time on that. I normally see that you you slowly putting chapstick on while you have food in your mustache. So normally I'd point that out. But right now, I got bigger fucking fish to fry. I don't have, say that five times. I don't have food in my mustache it. very often. It's not like I eat and then three hours later it's like, oh, look, some salmon. I have a mustache. I think you'd be surprised. No, I, I think don't think that's I don't think that's maybe, fair. I don't maybe think you fair. should go picture in picture every single week. I don't think that's fair. Just I so think, you can see what's happening. I think this is a witch hunt. I think you're harpooning me in front of our audience. And I don't My agree. mom brings hors d'oeuvres to Christmas like she's feeding a fucking army. And then she gets mad. She gets she's like, well, come try. I work so hard on this. Come try the hors d'oeuvres. And it's like. 
I don't want to eat 17,000 calories today, mother. I'm glad you put it out there for everyone to deal with and to have, but not, not everyone grazes all day because we're having prime rib, which is another buttfuck. We're having prime rib in just a little bit. So why would we, why would we do this? Why would we stuff ourselves just to get to the prime rib? I got to tell you about the prime rib. Go ahead. First of all, worst take you've ever had in your entire life. Grazing all day long, and I understand you have body dysmorphia, but, and I, and I see what you're saying, why you needed to take a step away from Christmas, because this is, you're riled up about something that is insanely, you're, you're not correct here. No, 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 you weren't there. Every single thing is about the food. Fuck presents, fuck baby Jesus. Okay, okay. Fuck all this stuff. It's all about, oh my God, the food. It's so annoying. Yeah, if, if, and food, so, if food is on the top yeah. of the Christmas power rankings list, you've done something wrong. Now, I'm going yeah. I'm, I'm to eat a lot, and I do like hors d'oeuvres, but it can't. I, I, okay, I'm back on That's board. fine. It's, but it's like the number one thing that, that is cared about, and I just I hate that because that puts – that puts stress on the food. None of us are chefs. I woke up. I woke up Christmas morning muttering six minutes per pound because that's how much you cook prime rib. That's how long you cook prime rib. I mean, it, it's killing me because of all the shit. So my mom brought – she brought a hundred – go ahead. Mom, I was just going to say I'm excited for the prime rib part here because my brother Jess made prime rib for Christmas. And I watched him watch the YouTube videos and go through a very – similar experience to yours yeah don't open the oven door is said in my house no less than 250 times <laughs> or some some version of it like don't touch it you can hear someone you hear you see someone go into the kitchen and then my mom from upstairs would be like don't touch the oven it's it's so fucking annoying but she but she tries she she wants it to be because she's had all these traditions right she she prays before the meal. Mm -hmm. She listens to uh, some sisters, I can't remember, some album, some Christmas album Pointer that she used sisters, to listen to when obviously. she was a kid. Uh, it's not, actually. That's, I, I, I was just making a funny guess. And, uh, Twisted and sister. Then, <laughs> yeah, I got nothing funny right now, pal. <laughs> and then she, uh, we have to read the story of Christmas, mm -hmm. right? Not the real story of Christmas where it's like uh, – the pagans had a holiday that involved a tree and gifts, and then this kid was born in the summer, but we moved it to the winter because it was, like, easier for everybody. Not that story. The story of, like, and, and Joseph went to Galilee because he was of the family David and all this shit to pay taxes. And ye wise men brought frankincense and myrrh and that other thing. That stuff, right? Yeah, and it, it's just, like... You know, I don't need to read about taxes this many months before April 15th. I'm going to fucking start freaking out. My dad makes us read the Christmas story every year, and it is a nice family tradition. But it started back when there were three kids in the house, Greg, Sarah, and I. Jess, Emily, and Janine were all out of the house, and the three girls hadn't been adopted yet. And Jess lived out of state, and Emily lived out of state. So it was just the three kids and then my sister Janine who had kids who were too young to read. And what we do is we pass the Christmas story around the room so each person reads a little bit. But now there's yeah. nine kids and all the nephews and nieces, like they can all read. So I gotta watch 75 fucking people read a paragraph 
just so I can open, you know, a box of shoes? Come on. Yeah, we, we, we used to do that. So my grandpa used to read the Christmas story every year. It was him. And he had this pocket knife, right, where everyone would use the pocket knife to cut the tape. Well, guess what? The pocket knife isn't in this side of the family anymore. And the fucking Christmas story. So he, and he's gone. So then we tried passing it around. But I got some dumb fucking people in my family who are like spend an hour trying to sound out Galilee. I don't have time for it. So we stopped doing that. And the whiz men brought Frankenstein and Murph. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. And so my mom, she's a great lady, but a crier. And every time we do anything that resembles a tradition of her, she starts crying. <laughs> she started crying when she fucking prayed before dinner. So we are opening gifts before dinner because I'm not going to sit through dinner with my niece and nephews. And that's, just, again, this is me ruining it. But I'm not going to sit through dinner with three little kids that haven't opened presents yet because that's all it's going to be about. And so we open gifts before and then we're halfway through opening gifts and my mom goes, what time is it? We're going to eat at 718. That's how much like NASA math has been done for this fucking roast. We're going to eat. We're taking it out at 718 and we're eating at 719. So we were 718. And she goes, what time is it? And I go, it's 6:54. We have 22 or we have 24 minutes left, whatever. And she goes, uh, "No. I have to go home and get the potatoes." And I go, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "Well, I have to preheat the oven. I have to do the rest of the potatoes at home." So my mom leaves my house, drives to her house. We have, you know, less than a half hour left and she's saying she has to preheat her oven and then finish these potatoes. So my mother is willing to and it took her 55 minutes, by the way. So I take out the roast and I'm babying it. I'm like holding it. I'm fucking wrapping it in swaddling clothing. The true story of Christmas. I'm losing my mind trying to make sure this thing isn't cold, but it's not too well done. And I'm freaking out. And she takes 55 minutes. She left the house to ruin a $130 prime rib to go get a fucking, like, I don't know, dish of $6 worth of potatoes and bacon. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? But everything's about the food. So she comes back and I'm like pacing and I'm stewing and finally I go, you know what? She bought the prime rib. Fuck it. Not my circus, not my monkeys. So I cut into it and we're sitting and it's actually, we kept it at medium rare somehow just through fucking love and Christmas magic. <laughs> and I, I pass out all the, all the dishes. Uh, one of the, one of my nephews is complaining because it's too raw and I'm just like, listen, Goldilocks, I have no time for this shit. Go get some turkey out of the fridge. And then I get up to go get a glass of water. And I hear my sister go, what? We have had prime rib for the last seven years at Christmas. Okay. And my mother just now tells the family when I'm not there, she doesn't even like prime rib. <laughs> So I'm carrying a fucking chunk of meat around my kitchen like a like I'm burping a child just trying to will it to be good for her and she doesn't even fucking like it. Oh my god. And then she goes, "Well, I like the prime rib sandwiches the next day." And I was like, "Go buy roast beef. What in the fuck is going on in this family?" Everything's like so traditional and people don't even like the traditions. You know what a tradition is? It's something you do twice. So let's start a new one. Yeah, move God on move on to a ham. God damn it. I was just like blown away when I sat down. 
Because my sister turned slowly and my mom and just goes, I dare you to tell him. Because she knew I was ready to just explode. Oh, my God. I don't even like prime rib. Yeah, I. we have food traditions. And we, unfortunately, the only tradition I care about in our family, other than getting together, is my great aunt Dorothy made spritz cookies. Yeah, I have a great aunt Dorothy. <laughs> And, I'll say it every time. And I believe my niece Ellie learned, she, she had a special way of grinding everything. Like, you never tasted a spritz cookie like hers. They were unbelievable, right? And I don't, my, my niece was going to go and learn the recipe before she died. But then okay. COVID, her last couple of years were COVID. And, you know, it just never happened. So I think the only tradition other than spending time together that I cared about is forever gone well that that in the tradition of me giving at least one really weird upsetting gift to somebody in my family a year sure sure yeah well not um you know i know the 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 what she was doing your aunt dorothy your great aunt dorothy um <laughs> People aren't going to, don't say it. People aren't going to remember. It's going to be too much of a callback and you're just going to see me. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. I'm going to switch the subject on you. Uh, she puts it in the scissor. Okay, listen. So my mom also has some great traditions, right? My mom, she she took a can of... Uh, what about mandarin oranges? Mm -hmm. She turned it upside down, used her can opener to cut the bottom part out, dumped the mandarin oranges out, rinsed the mandarin oranges, oranges can. Mm -hmm. Then she put in rocks and she put in a $20 bill and hot glued the bottom back on. And that was one gift for Olivia. So my mom does have these crazy Oh, that's these fun. Crazy ways she thought she was getting giving. oranges. Yeah, and it's great because you see Olivia kind of look at her and go, thank you? Like anyone who says thank you to my mom during Christmas, there's a question mark because no one has any idea what's happening. It's like you'll you'll go like, oh, ha, ha, a box of Rice Krispies. I wonder what's in here. And it's fucking Rice Krispies. And then the next time she tricks you with mandarin oranges. She's a dirty asshole when it comes to that. I love it. Yeah, so that's that's all right. All right, I'm done complaining about Christmas. I well, had a great time. But I don't want to leave the realm of tradition yet. Is that okay? Okay. Can I stay Absolutely. within important traditions? Yeah. Because, as you know, I'm a huge Kid Rock guy. I do know that. <laughs> Big kid head. And yeah. uh, it turns out Daddy Kid has a new song. And it is... It's like... <laughs> It's like Christmas every time I hear it. It, I mean, there's no secrets here. Kid Rock is clearly the greatest white rapper slash country musician of all time. Without question. <laughs> when he, I read one time, I was like just reading about him because I think he's the funniest. Yep. I read on Wikipedia, his successful single, Cowboy, is considered a pioneering song in the country rap genre. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending you a picture of Kid Rock right now, and I think you're going to love it. Well, I mean, I've, I've seen them all. Uh, he, Have you seen the one where it looks like Dr. Phil is dressed as Kid Rock for Halloween? <laughs> oh, did he put on some weight? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good one. That's incredible. I, I think they need to. I think there needs to be a because Kid Rock, much to the displeasure of many, he has kind of pioneered a genre that I call small town mechanic shop rock, and mm-hmm. sure. I I think. Uh, I think he deserves, I think he deserves credit for an entire genre. Dude, when I, when I first heard somebody tell me that there was a new song, I, I had that thought, like, what am I going to get here? Right? Because Kid has, Kid has been all over the map. He was Ba What to Ba, and then he was Born Free. I mean, he's just, am, am I getting a country ballad here, or am I going to get well, some? Well, you're right. Yeah, or am he I going to that song? He he had that song with Cheryl Crow. Picture, picture with Cheryl sure. Crow. You see, you see a lot of that in uh, upstate Minnesota karaoke. Right. Yes. Absolutely. You see a lot of that where where you don't hear the end of the song because the two people are making out. And now Sheila and Terry are going to dance to their first song as a husband and wife. Well. For each of them, it'll be their third song is husband and wife, but first song is husband and wife to one another. <laughs> I put your picture away. <laughs> it's, yeah, so are you going to get a Kid Rock ballad with his new single, or are you going to get that iconic fuck you flavor, the like guy who gets held in contempt at small claims court vibe? Like which one of those yep. are yep. you going to get? So I quick searched it. I got the name of the song, Chad, which is Don't Tell Me How to Live. Uh-huh. Which it sounds like <laughs> it should be a, like the sort of slogan that's on a flag with snakes. Just like on a bumper sticker of a truck that's chasing you through a junkyard. And I, so I think we know what we're getting. But big news, it's a collab. It's a collaboration. Okay. And I don't want to complete. I don't want to bub you out. It's not. Uh, it's not Uncle Cracker. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. He's I, my. He's my favorite climber. Yeah. My favorite. He's my favorite pilot fish. What a fucking loser. <laughs> Uncle Cracker is wrote one of the greatest songs about adultery of the mid nineteen nineties or late nineteen. I don't know. Two thousands early. I just remember my sister Janine loved that song so much and she went out and bought Uncle Cracker's album and then heard because he's like a white rapper and he's like but he also does enough like here's me and my guitar singing something sentimental that you'll never see C.D. White doing that shit. (laughs) She was very disappointed in the rest uh, in the rest of the album but it's It's not the funniest person in the history of music, Uncle Cracker. It is a band called Monster Truck. Yeah. Which, great band. Like, for a white trash hard rock, they're hard rock. I mean, that's about as... Of course they are. Of course they are. That's about as good of a band name. Like, maybe, maybe if you're called Dirty Fish Tank... Maybe like <laughs> Kid Rock with his new hit single "Fuck Your Dad" featuring Dirty Fish Tank. Or... I did when you when you said the name of the song. Don't tell me how to live. Uh, I did picture that being on a flag, like you said, but it was being draped over a casket of a monster truck driver that had had a horrible accident in the Metrodome, <laughs> which is no longer with us. And <laughs> and here's. 
Kid Rock's next song, Bummer Threesome, featuring Softball League Fist Fight. <laughs> Monster Truck is good, but I mean, there's, there's others like, and now Kid Rock performing DUIs Ain't Gonna Stop Me, featuring Cowboy Boots in Church. I have other ideas of funnier, sure you yes, you <laughs> funnier white trash band nicknames, but I got to tell you, Monster, I don't, I don't think any of them are better than just pure <laughs> Monster Truck. I do love uh, Kid Rock with his new hit, I Used to Hold My Sister's Hand a Little Too Long, featuring Ranch Dressing. (laughs) The band, they are so ridiculous looking. They look like somebody who would... Yeah, they look like somebody who had a lot of tattoos, like gross unwashed hair, like really puby goatees. They look like... (laughs) One of them looks like the fourth musketeer. It's yeah. so great. He's got like long curly hair with that old style like shaved beard that goes just on the on the outsides of the mustache and it's shaved all the way down to basically the chin. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's I believe that's the lead singer. They look like somebody who would audition to be Rob Zombie's backup band, but when they left the audition, Rob and all of his friends would make fun of him. <laughs> And then, the, and then the drummer is like, I've just always wanted to look like Rich Voss, the comedian. So I'll dress like him. The, the best part is in the music video, the lead singer is wearing Slayer and Black Sabbath t-shirts. Well, I, I mean, they're, yes. they're tankinis. They're like, they're not, <laughs> they're not t-shirts. These are, these are at best tank tops. But I always love that. It's like when you see a comedian go on stage and do a half hour of really hacky dick jokes in a George Carlin shirt. <laughs> so there's a music video that goes with it. Of course there is. I can't, and, and I can't wait to watch it. And I don't know if they still do VMAs, but just give him all the trophies. Uh, it starts... <laughs> you want a moon man? We got your moon man. It starts with Kid Rock, he's in a control room, no music yet, and he's watching a bunch of TVs in a control room, and he's smoking a cigar, and then right away you get your answer about what type of song this is. I mean, we already knew. We already knew. Like, you and I have already figured it out. But he doesn't mess around early on because he does my favorite thing in the art of music, which is speaking before the song starts. Well, you got to let people know what they're getting into. You got to preface it or you're going to be in deep shit. And Kid Rock knows that. So this isn't so much a skit, but Kid decides he needs to talk. So he, and I'm going to play it for you here. This is the only part of the song I'm going to play because I want to leave, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about the song, but I'm going to play this and it just so you can have an understanding of the vibe. Okay. And because he'll speak and then you'll hear the lead of Monster Struck. Uh, Monster Monster Struck, also good. That's also a good band name. Ooh, Monster Struck! And and then you'll hear him sing the hook. So here you go. Fuck all you hoes! Detroit till I die, motherfucker! Talking all that bullshit! Now, now, 
You notice Kid Rock never says, Yo, fuck all those hoes! Hey, Detroit since I was born! He always says, Till I die, because uh, he was born in a very affluent uh, city in Michigan where his parents gave him all the instruments, and that's why he's so good at stuff, because he had every single leg up on everyone when it came to money and chances. Yeah, it wouldn't be cool if he were like, Fuck all you hoes! Deer Park, Michigan, where I took lessons till I die, motherfucker. <laughs> I just also like that they immediately, the song is called, uh, nobody's going to tell me how to live, but they throw an ain't in there, which, chef's kiss, to throw, to throw an ain't <laughs> yeah. on the front of it. So just to be clear, there's no music yet, but Kid wants us to know, fuck all you hoes, Detroit till I die, motherfucker, talking all that bullshit. This is not... Cheryl Crow picture. This is we're getting. No, this is a different. This is a different one. This is Ba with the Ba kid, and he comes yep. out honestly very early on. Classic Ba with the Ba kid rock, and I'll just I'm going to run you through through the lyrics here. So okay, I'd like to first of all I'd like to talk about the word ain't. Sure. I think it is a fantastic fuck you to society for the people that use it because they're like, oh. I know you don't think this is a word, white-collar America, but also you think I haven't figured out contractions, and guess what? I have, because ain't nobody going to tell me how to live. Now, I have a question. Sure. In the video, is he wearing his Run DMC tracksuit with the unlaced Adidas? Chad, I'm, I'm, I am going to get to that, but I will tease okay. it by letting you know he's wearing a lot of stuff. Okay, because I saw him live in concert once in like a like a Summerfest situation where there were Same. a bunch of bands. Same. Yep. And he came out in a tracksuit and a Kango hat, a Kango hat and uh and unlaced Adidas like like old school Run DMC like ma Adidas walk through concert do-, all that shit. And he I was mesmerized by it. Yeah, I used to, because I saw him do the same thing, and I used to call him, because when he was doing that and being a white rapper, I called him Gun DMC, which I thought was clever. So here, he jumps in with some really classic kid to start. I'm a moonshine okay. sipper, straight sipping in the darkness. Far mm-hmm. from heartless, I'm more like the sharpest. Tool in the shed? No. I've never been the smartest. But make no mistake, I hit the fucking hardest. Devil without a cause, you heard me scream it. And 20 years later, bitch, I still fucking mean it. And let me be the first to say at this point in the song, kudos to you, kid, for not changing for 20 years. What I've always said is the people who don't evolve evolve at all over multiple decades Mm -hmm. are always the best people. So I I like that there's no change here. And he reminds you that he hasn't adapted in any of his adult decades so those those are pretty classic kid here's where it turns a little bit um and well i'm just gonna read it because it has what i believe to be made up words to start it says bucka bucka b-u-c-k-a bucka bucka now if that's a racial slur that I didn't do enough research to figure out, like if that's mm-hmm. something negative about Arminians, this is not on me. I'm just, I'm just reading the lyrics. But it's, bucka bucka, you ain't never met a motherfucker like this. Kiss my mm-hmm. ass, then you can suck a dick. 
And yeah, of course. And I think it was really smart not to go with any rhymes here. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Bucca just looked it up. It's uh, it's in a Hennessy cocktail to make a special cocktail. Oh, oh! I thought he just wanted to rhyme something with motherfucker, and he was like, "Let me throw Bucca." I think Bucca he did, in there. but also it's like, hey man, shouldn't it be Bucker Bucker? Yeah. Instead bu- of Bucka. I mean, if you're going to say Bucka Bucka, say motherfucker. Right? right. Right. That was my confusion. For it to be A-A-E-R, that doesn't make any sense. But I also understand why he didn't rhyme after suck a dick, because if you were to rhyme something, you, <laughs> you had to find like this, you know, something to rhyme with like this. So at best, what are you going to say? Like, kiss my ass, then you can suck a dick with another nice little kiss. Like you can't, there's not a lot of rhymes for this. So I love that he just hung suck a dick out there. I think that's a, a right. power move. And I also think he's being very vague when he says suck a dick. He's like saying, you know, go suck a dick because yeah. that would uh, d- take away your masculinity. But he's also saying kiss my ass. Yeah. Then you can suck a dick. And it's like, well, the most convenient dick is just on the other side of your right ass. Right near your ass. So and it I, does I mean- seem like an invitation. It kind of indicates that Kid Rock might have some standards when it comes to oral sex, which I I can't believe is the case. I can't believe that's the case. He now has to play catch up because he refused to rhyme the last sentence. Mm -hmm. So he goes sideways, my way or the highway. Listen up. Ain't nothing changed here. I still don't give a fuck, which is a theme that he's mentioned quite often already. And we're not through the first verse yet. What I've noticed is this gentleman doesn't care. He, no caring. So what the fuck's up with all the backlash? You snowflakes, here's a news flash. And this is the, now we're into the chorus uh, where Monster Truck comes in and he just ain't nobody going to tell me. Right. And that's the whole chorus. You just, you just turned your, your face into a banjo. That was amazing. <laughs> he, that's the whole. There's no it's just that one sentence. And then they're right back in verses. But before we hit the next verse, I do want to explore the idea that Kid Rock is concerned about backlash. Because is there anyone out there giving Kid Rock backlash? Nobody gets, like, we know who Kid Rock is. Like, nobody gets mad at raccoons for eating garbage. Right, raccoons. Yeah, right. You might not want them to eat garbage, but you're not going to go on Twitter and be like, these fucking raccoons. Like, that's not how you. Raccoons. Yeah, right. Is there literally anything Kid Rock, (laughs) is there literally anything Kid Rock could do that you would think could get backlash? No, nobody, nobody hated Kid Rock 10 years ago. And then, and then this Christmas went, you know, I'm going to give Kid Rock another chance. Yeah. And then they listen to this song and they're like, well, what the fuck? I am disappointed in you, Kid Rock. I can, Kid Rock. No No one is saying that. Kid Rock's like one of those people that I feel like could, you could tell somebody anything like, hey, did you hear Kid Rock fed a bunch of dogs heroin and then burned down a museum? They'd be like, oh, that's Kid Rock for you, right? Like, there's nothing. <laughs> oh, Mr. Rock, you are ridiculous. Kid Rock, you find you hear he's responsible for a hep C outbreak in the Everglades? Like, there's nothing, there's nothing that Kid Rock can do that's going to make people bring out their pitchforks. If you got hep C in the Everglades, I'm talking about specifically the Everglades, you got hep C from Kid Rock, you found out he was patient zero of this outbreak, 
you would wear that shit like a badge. We would see pants sales go down in the Everglades <laughs> by 100%. Because people just be swinging their dick going, Kid Rock gave me this. It would be unreal. On to verse two. Uh, and this is where he really... Verse one is about the kid himself. I feel like. Of course it is. Verse yeah. two is you now. Yourself. Now we need to turn the looking glass outward and have a conversation about society. Years ago, we all thought it was a joke. See, that every kid got a motherfucking trophy. Which finally, I've been waiting for somebody to be upset about trophy culture. I just feel like there's not enough of that yeah. conversation going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yo, homie, here's the situation. A nation of pussies is our next generation. Agree? Sick of all these pussies. And these minions and their agendas, every opinion has a millennial offended. And you know how I feel about millennials, Chad. Yeah, I, I, are, are you one? So this is poetry. This is poetry okay. for me because I'm, I'm over it, right? I'm, I, I agree. I can tell. They've, I can tell. We've talked about it. They've been, these millennials have been handed the world on a silver platter. And they don't, they don't know what it's like. They don't understand the journey. Do you know how hard it is to pioneer your own genre of music? And I'm with him here. <laughs> now, there's a couple of favorite parts for me in the, in the song. This is one. He says, so we're coming off him talking about millennials and all that stuff. He goes, mm -hmm. but this amendment one is in the first amendment, but this amendment one, it rings true. And if you don't dissent, bitch, then see number two and god damn it do i love a good white rap lyric about amendments i could honestly i could listen to an entire song of kid rock just rapping the amendments like and if number two don't make you smile then number six see that shit i got the right to a public trial <laughs> and for my other trial rights check six seven and eight but all that really matters is number 10, power to the states. Like, fuck it, give me, kid, please, please. From now on, if you do a white rap without amendment lyrics in it, what the fuck are you even doing, man? I agree. You ha now that you've done it, you've opened Pandora's box, and best of luck to you, sir. Now let's rip this thing open, because here comes Monster Truck back with, ain't nobody gonna shove this cap off there. And then... This is where the music, so we've talked song. Now I want to talk music mm -hmm. video. This is where the music video gets incredible because up until this point, there was a ton of classic kid rock imagery. You got guys in a bar arm wrestling, a pit bull wearing sunglasses, a bunch yeah, of- just want a dog fight. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> a bunch of overalls, guys who look like sex criminals playing dominoes for money. And mm -hmm. to your point from earlier, a lot of Kid Rock costume changes, like a Taylor Swift amount of Kid. At one point, he's wearing a oh. shiny maroon suit, like, you know, like a like a business suit, but it's made out of shiny maroon material with no shirt. Underneath How does he it. look in it? How Fa does he look in it? Fantastic. He looks. Yeah, he's he's tall and lanky. He's tall and lanky. You guys get to wear nice clothes. I got a, I got a call for extra fucking uh, material. Walmart wide is your brand. And so he... Oh, thank you. He, then moments later, he's wearing a full fur jacket that's down to his ankles. Then mm -hmm. moments later, he's in shorts, a t-shirt that says social media sucks, and really high 
like tennis socks that I've only ever seen porn stars and roller skates wear. Yes, that's a great visual. Also, he has dated so many porn stars. So we let me but, just remind you of a little lady named Midori. So that's all normal Kid Rock stuff to me. But as we hit the refrain in the song, after for the second time here, you hear the second time, you cut in the video to a female news reporter who's reporting on a story about a rocket that's being launched into outer space. But Chad, it is not just any rocket. It's a rocket shaped like a middle finger, and it's called yeah, it the Kid yeah, Rocket. R-O-C-K-dash-I-T. Yes, it is. Of course it is. It shoots out of Mount Rushmore with Kid Rock wrapped around it, holding in one hand a bottle of Jim Beam. Is this real? Yes. And then in the other hand, he's holding a handgun that he is just firing indiscriminately. I'm not sure what he's Mm -hmm. shooting at. But he is just, he is letting gunshot rain as he escapes Earth on a rocket shaped like a middle finger. And as he escapes, <laughs> as, as he comes through the clouds and ascends into the atmosphere and into outer space, monster truck guy sings the following words. Oh, I'm going to soar like an eagle. My wings will carry me away. I have the heart of a lion. I get stronger every day. Sure. Eagle, American emblem, of course. Lion, the other animal besides sheep. We get it. This is where he, first verse, him, second verse, society, third verse, he mixes the two in a really aggressive way. And I, I, I don't want to spoil it beforehand, but I think this is possibly the greatest verse of Kid Rock's career. Uh, he goes really hard in how he describes himself and how he views himself and how he views those who view him negatively. So he starts off by saying, you'll never tell me shit, you'll never flip my script because I'm more outrageous than the Vegas Strip. Which, it's a good rhyme, but also it's like, the Vegas Strip is pretty commercialized at this point. So, I, don't, I mean, like, are you more outrageous than a Louis Anderson show? Yeah, but I don't know if that's... Maybe he has some sort of East Coast, uh, <laughs> Midwest in Detroit rivalry sure. with some people. Sure. Maybe he's saying, like, maybe he's, that's a reminder to him, like a, like a rocket ship made of a middle finger. You're like Mayberry, bitch. I'm hard and mm. crisp. High risk hillbilly, but I'm filthy rich. You're like Millie Vanilli, kind of silly and shit. I'm like shotgun Willie smoking fillies and shit. <laughs> At this point, I have to tell you something. I, I really enjoyed when I saw Kid Rock. I was pretty drunk, but I enjoyed all the fireworks and pyrotechnics and shit. And uh, I enjoyed the yelling and the music. I don't, I've never known a Kid Rock lyric until this. And it is fascinating to me. And if you think Uncle Cracker didn't help him write that last part, you're crazy. <laughs> now, <laughs> he gets really referency here. And I hold on. How is this fucking song not over? We're still in the third verse. I told you, this is, this is a pretty big time verse for him. 
he gets really referency here but they're pretty old references like he didn't oh like mayberry yeah mm-hmm. no shit i'm like reverend run or david lee roth like springsteen sure. bitch i'm the motherfucking boss so these are both these are both pretty old references and you're you're putting yourself up with two pretty iconic musicians and david lee roth and so yeah also i have no time for people that give themselves a nickname well he keeps he keeps going here james dean shit like i don't call me james dean i'm more like (laughs) no one ever has by the way no one ever has called him james dean that's the craziest thing i've ever heard don't you dare do something that's never happened you son of a bitch don't you dare call me thin James like, yeah, we're not gonna. James Dean shit. I'm more like Brad Pitt. A little less pretty, but I slang more dick. And I'm Chad, I am a huge Kid Rock fan. But even I think this is a little silly. Do you know how low your standards would have to be? To, like, there aren't enough truck stop waitresses and mechanics ex-wives in this country for Kid Rock to sling more dick than Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt could fuck every moment of every day until he was dead if he wanted. I would let Brad Pitt French kiss me on my birthday in front of my entire family. Absolutely. I'm going to say this, though. Brad Pitt has a career where he can't do that. He can't just be out there slinging dick. Sure. So that's that's kind of a safe thing to say. because. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, Kid Rock slings as much dick as he wants. Number one, nobody tells him how to live. And number two, that's just like his thing. He hasn't changed in 20 years. He started slinging dick early and he's not going to change. Fuck it. So he's still slinging dick. And uh, but I will say this. If he means I'm slinging more dick like uh, like a bigger, girthier dick. Oh, oh, I didn't even I think might of it say, that way. OK, because I'll bring you back to exhibit a Midori, the porn star. I'm telling you, he's got to have. A decent, a decent dick to, to date a porn star that comes home from work and still wants to fuck. I would guess his, he's got the sort of dick that probably has like cigarette burns on it and shit, you know? Yeah, like, like uh, this is what happens in the Bender household when you spill paint in the garage. <laughs> you want an old reference, I'll give you fucking uh... Now here, so here comes the greatest lyric in the history of music. And I'm not just Kid Rock, the history of music. So we're just fresh off slanging more dick than Brad Pitt. I twang more riffs, I slide through grass, I rip more lines than a 10 pound bass. (laughs) So, yeah, interesting. That's the most, that's the funniest way a 51 year old man has ever bragged about being a cokehead. I rip more lines <laughs> than know. a 10 pound bass. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Then there's pass me the mic. I'm like slow gin fizz. It ain't nobody. It ain't nobody. And then he fades away as Mr. Monster Truck comes in like, ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. Come around downtown now. It's so fucking good. <laughs> It everything about it is is I just I love it. Yeah, I mean when you don't have consequences, listen, the people that aren't gonna listen to Kid Rock are gonna continue not listening to Kid Rock. And the people that are gonna jerk off to Kid Rock music are gonna continue to do that. So now you can just amp it up 
to the nth degree because you have you the divide is there, right? The line has been drawn, and now you don't have to worry about anyone caring because no one. It's like screaming in the forest. No one's gonna hear that shit except the people that push play. Because I'm I'm gonna tell you this. I haven't heard that on XM, and I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it on radio. I haven't heard it anywhere. I don't. I don't think it's gonna get a lot of spins on XM. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying like it's it's the perfect song for the people that are listening to Kid Rock and, and listen to the lyrics. Have you ever watched those like music reaction videos where somebody will listen to a song for the first time and just react to it? Oh, I've heard about them. Ran Ran talks about them all the time. Of course, Ran. Ta- that's like high level <laughs> Ran stuff right there. I I was like watching some stuff about this video and there was a guy who did one. And he came on and I genuinely thought it was like a Mr. Show level parody of those. Because okay. this guy comes out and he sits down and he's so skinny. And he's got like, he's got the sort of goatee that I would shave if I was trying to make you laugh. Okay. Okay. And he's got on like a fucking hat that looks like he bought it at a Valvoline shop. And he's got a Kid Rock shirt on. It's one of those baseball ones, like the th- different colored arms and the three oh, yeah. fours. Yep. And he's sitting down and he's like, starts talking about Kid Rock. I was like, oh, this guy gets it. He's very funny. He's like, kid's back. The motherfucker's back. I can't wait for it. And then like, he goes, all right, let's listen to it. And it goes. And he's like banging his head. And you're like, this guy, is this his <laughs> SNL audition? And then he stops because kid says that thing at the beginning. Who's like, Detroit till I die, motherfucker. And this guy goes, oh, shit. I've been waiting for this. Oh, shit. And he leaves his camera and, like, runs. And then he comes back a few seconds later, and he puts this giant chain on with the Detroit Tigers logo. And I was like, (laughs) oh, this is a real human man. I'm not watching a performance. I'm watching humanity. And I probably watched that reaction video seven or eight times. It made me laugh really, really hard. But yeah, the to all my fellow kid heads out there, uh, if you haven't heard the video, or you haven't seen the video, you haven't heard the song, check it out. And if you're one of these people out here who's still railing against people's ability to make art the way they want, I think this song perfectly sums up how we feel about you and your snowflake bullshit. <laughs>
Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work.